My next guest is an academy principal at C.E. King High School. Please welcome Tommy Lee. Tommy, how's it going? Good afternoon. Thank you. Thank you for coming on to the podcast. I appreciate it. No problem. We're happy to help out. All right. So you know, let's jump right into this. What do you do? So my exact title is a T-STEM Academy principal. And what that means is I'm a principal at a 6A high school. It's in Sheldon ISD. It's called C.E. King High School. And what we follow what's called the school within a school model. So we have a traditional campus principal, and then we're split into six different academies. And each academy has its own principal. So it's very similar to like a college, a university, you know, where you would have the University of Houston, but within that program, you have the engineering school or the business school. We have six different schools within a school. Okay, great. And now, are you working together with the other ADs and the, the campus principal, or is it really just you working with the campus principal? Oh, no, we're definitely a team. Um, okay. We meet all the time. We're constantly bouncing ideas off of each other. I'm the, the principal of a STEM academy. So some of the things that we do in our program are going to be different from the other programs, but we all just kind of work together and share best practices. Okay. Yeah. And can you say what STEM is? STEM is just science, technology, engineering, and math. Great. Okay. Yeah. All right. So when I think of a principal or an academy principal, I think of someone that's really uh, all day kind of trying to put out fires and, and trying to not only figure out what's going on with students, but with teachers and faculty and what's going on with the school. And when I think of it, I just think of so many things that they have to be involved with and be on top of. Is that what it's like? So yeah, as an academy principal, I wear a lot of different hats. The biggest hat, and I think the most important as far as my role, is being an instructional leader. And what that means, it's like a coach for teachers. I'm the one that I go into classrooms and I, I give feedback. I analyze the strengths and the weaknesses. I just help teachers to develop so that they can deliver the best possible instruction for our students. I also okay. do a lot of different things. I can just go through the list of all the different things that I did today. I support teachers. Whether a teacher needs professional development, I would help that teacher match up with that. Supplies, I make sure that teachers have all the supplies and the tools that they, they need for their job. I meet with parents. As you said, you know, there's a lot of different things. Sometimes you got to put out fires. You know, if a parent has any kind of an issue with the campus, they always want to come to the principal. So I, I meet with parents and talk them and make sure I solve all the issues that they may have. Student discipline is always a thing that we have to worry about in a school setting. Kids, you know, sometimes they make poor choices. So I just try to help them and coach them and, and make sure that they get back on track. Facility maintenance, that's a big thing. There's always an issue with a, a school, whether it be a bursted pipe or any kind of broken window or something. I make sure that the building's in a, a safe space. And basically, yeah, like you said, just anything that would arise, you know, the, the principal is right. the one that has to solve the issue. Right. Now, outside of the school, are you also going to conferences and, and events and things of that nature? And uh, yeah. I, I'm guessing um, all the extracurricular events also for the school? Definitely, yeah. We have duty, so we always make sure we're going to games. You have to have a person on campus that would make decisions in any kind of a catastrophic event, mm -hmm. any kind of event, really. Like if, if the lightning strike would happen, if someone had to shut a game down, the principal is the one that would make that decision. But as far as, as conferences and that, yes, I try to get to as many things as I can. 
during the slower times, some of the breaks, like the fall breaks and winter breaks and summer breaks. I work year round. So I try to go to conferences then when the students are not in the building, just because I'm a lifelong learner. I want to make sure that I'm always developing my skill set and making sure I'm up to date with the, the latest and greatest information that's out there. Right. Okay. And then you mentioned working year-round principals. I know they don't have the same summer schedule as teachers and students. So what is your summer like in general? So um, we do summer school. We do a lot of different camps throughout the year. So there's always that. So we do have students in the building and we have to make sure we, we treat it like we would during the school year. But then some weeks I'll go to a conference and it's a lot of planning. I mean, there's a lot of planning that comes ahead of a school year as far as building a master schedule making sure kids have all the stuff that they need as far as textbooks and supplies, making sure all the teachers are in place. We have to do a lot of hiring over the summer. A teacher's contract basically runs for a school year. And if they choose to leave and go to a different campus, we have to make sure that we fill those positions and we get the teachers trained and developed to be ready to start the school year. Okay. All right. And I guess also there's change in regulation in Texas. Is that something also that you have to be on top of as well? Ooh, that's that's all I'm doing right now. Um, right. <laughs> the, the Texas Education Agency, mm-hmm. uh, with the COVID pandemic that's going on, right. they're putting out a lot of guidelines. So every week they're having meetings and they release the different guidelines and regulations that they're going to put forth for the school year. We make a plan for it. We think we're ready to go. And then... They'll change and they'll adjust things. And then we have to make sure that we fit the law. I mean, that's always going to be the most important is whatever TEA says, that's what we have to follow. So we're constantly adjusting our policies, our systems and our structures to make sure that we're meeting all of the TEA guidelines. Now, how are you doing that? Because I know it can't be just you. So is it some type of committee or task force or it's just you working in general with the other assistant principals and a campus principal and superintendents? How does that work? It's all of the above. Um, I've been on task force meetings where we all take a a specific problem and we try to tackle that. It really comes to the campus. We get a lot of support from the district where the district helps us when needed and they tell us what their expectations are. But the campus has the autonomy to, to develop their own plan for how we're going to implement that. So we work with the, the other principals. We all work together. We all share our ideas and, you know, balance our strengths and our weaknesses uh, that we have with each other. And we just kind of figure out a plan that's going to work for our students. Okay. And now besides the other academy principals in your school and the campus principals, are you also kind of bouncing ideas off of or brainstorming uh, with other principals of schools as well? I do. Being a part of the, the T-STEM organization, it's what T-STEM is, it's a, an advanced academic program. So what we do is we basically take at-risk kids, kids that are not usually represented in STEM careers, minority students, and then female students. And we, we put them in advanced classes, even if they've never taken a pre-AP or an AP class before, and we give them a lot of support. So being a part of that T-STEM community There's about 113, I believe, uh, schools in Texas. So we all network with each other. We go to conferences about once every quarter. Mm. There's regional conferences. And then we have a statewide conference that we go to. And then virtually, we stay connected with each other just through different websites. And we're constantly just putting things out there and bouncing ideas off of each other, giving each other calls and saying, hey, how do you do this? You know, we have this issue at our school. Have you seen anything like it? We're constantly working together with other schools um, and other programs to make sure that we're all doing what's best for our students. 
That's great. That's great. Good that you're working together for the students. All right. So so let's talk about a, a typical day for you, time you get in and what you're doing throughout the day. I know you said wear so many hats and some of the things that you do. So what's it look like a typical day for you? So the principal has to be the first person there. I get there. We all get there early. We got to get there before the teachers get there. Just because we do have to have morning duty, we have to make sure that the kids get in. We serve them breakfast. We get them to class. Every day is different. You know, I'll I'll walk into work with a to-do list. And a lot of times that to-do list gets thrown out the window and I have to address whatever issue arises. The majority of my time I try to spend in classrooms. I don't think any successful principal is going to be doing anything for his or her office. So I really try to get out there and make sure that I'm visible. I go into classrooms just because I want to see what the, the teachers are doing, see what the students are doing. I jump in. You know, if the kids are work, I have a math background. So if I see kids, I go into math classes, I'll work with the teacher and, and co-teach the class. We'll talk together, different concepts. We'll put kids in groups and work together. I meet with parents. I have meetings a, a lot of time where parents want to meet with me and they want to talk to me about issues. We also have what we call PLCs, which are professional learning communities. Whenever a teacher has an off period, you know, usually once a week we'll meet as a team, like whether it be a math team, whether it be our, our STEM team. Sometimes we meet by grade level. We have different meetings each week and we just share the best practices and share best ideas with each other. Uh, just to make sure that we're always, education is continually evolving. So as professionals, we have to evolve with them, um, with, the, with the students and make sure that we're constantly giving the best education we can. Yeah. Well, I didn't know you spend so much time in the classroom, but I guess that makes sense. You want to put your stamp on the quality of the school. So you want to get as much exposure to everything that's going on and knowledge, I guess, on, on what's going on with your school mm-hmm. so you can make those decisions. Now, I'm, I'm a firm believer that quality instruction is going to solve a lot of issues that campuses have. Because I've been on a lot of different campuses, and whenever you have behavior issues where kids aren't in class, it's because they're not receiving quality instruction. If a student's in a class and they're getting a good lesson and they're engaged, the time's going to go by quick and they're not going to be thinking about doing anything else. But if you just give a student worksheets and it's a boring lesson, they're going to find ways to entertain themselves. So I always want to make sure that all of my teachers are continually giving the highest quality instruction. Okay, that's great. All right. Now, you mentioned some of these skills like the leadership and, of course, you're going to have to have communication and interpersonal skills and organizational skills. What what skill sets and characteristics do you feel like are important to be successful in your field? So I think the biggest one is just being a strong instructional leader. A lot of people think that they can become a teacher. You always hear it. I want to go be a teacher so I can have summers off. It's not as easy as that. Teaching is an art form. And I love working with with brand new teachers that they come in and they, they're really eager to learn. I mean, they may not have those skill sets. So you have to be a strong instructional leader and you have to know what good instruction looks like. Because a lot of teachers, they work very hard, but if they're not being effective, sometimes they need that extra coaching where you can give them some pointers how to be more effective in the classroom. Ability to multitask. There's a lot of different times where I'll be in a classroom listening to a teacher and giving feedback as I'm writing an email, addressing a a parent concern. You know, you have to do a lot of different things and things come at you from all different angles. And you have to you have to have that compassion and empathy to understand where people are coming from. Every time a person comes to you with any kind of an issue, that's the biggest issue that they have for their day. And that might be a student that doesn't have a pencil. That might be a teacher that ran out of paper. Or it might be a student whose house burned down. You know, I've seen it all. 
I've seen the whole gamut of, of different kind of issues. But my job as a principal is to make sure that everybody feels that their issue is going to be addressed and they feel supported. If they don't, that's when you lose your staff. That's when you lose the support of your students and you're not going to be an effective principal. So I just make sure that no matter what size of the problem, I make sure that I treat it with respect and I make sure that I do everything in my power to solve anybody's problem on our campus. All right. Now, can you talk about some of the steps that you took to get to where you are? So I didn't have an education background as far as schooling. I went to school at the University of Notre Dame and I was a business major and I didn't have a lot of exposure. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do in business. I got into business my first year in corporate and I just wasn't happy. It wasn't for me. I was sitting at a desk working on Excel files and I was just bored out of my mind. <laughs> so I did some soul searching and I figured out how to become a teacher in the state of Texas. We have what's called alternative certification programs, where if you have at least a bachelor's degree, you can go through a, a training and then you can do an internship and then you can become a certified teacher. So I did that. I worked as a math teacher for five years and I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I was helping my students, which you have about 140 students, but I felt like I could make more of an impact in administration. So I went and I got my master's in educational leadership at Lamar University. And then you have to take a content test, they call it, to become certified. And that's whether you're a math teacher, a science teacher, a principal, whatever position you want in Texas, you have to take a test just to make sure that you have the competencies and skills to perform the job. So I took my principal certification test and I've been a campus principal for the last six years now. Nice. That's great. And that's good that you saw that you were doing something that you weren't passionate about. And it just seems like you didn't wait long. You said that I'm getting out of here and I'm going a completely different direction. I think that's great. Yeah, uh, it, it was one year in corporate and it just wasn't for me. And, I, you know, I'm a people person. I like to be around people um, yeah. and education. You're, you're around people all day. So it was a better fit for me. Nice. That's great. All right. So you might have answered this, but what do you love about what you do? So the biggest thing I love is seeing students grow. I love working with kids. I love when they come in as wide-eyed freshmen and they're terrified and they don't know what high school brings. And then I see them walk out the door as seniors. They walk across the stage and they are yeah. got a scholarship to go play football at Austin or they got accepted to the engineering program at, you know, whatever college. It's an awesome feeling to get to see kids reach their goals. And then be at a grocery store and I'll run into some of my former students and it's, it's awesome to hear them catch up and what they're doing in their careers and where they're at. And, you know, they tell me stories and I'm like, when I was your teacher, I was ready to kick you out of class, but now you know, you, you're successful and you're making money and you're doing what you want to do. So it's really awesome to see the growth of students and see them progress in their lives. Uh, that's great. Yeah. Now, what about the flip side? What type of challenges are out there or obstacles in your business? So I've been in education for 11 years in, in Texas. We've had Right now, what we're going through, the COVID-19 pandemic, Hurricane Harvey, we've had the ITC fires. I feel like there's always something outside of our campus because we, we make a good plan for our campus and we try to control the things in our building. But there's always going to be something that just throws us a curveball that we have to completely reevaluate what we're doing and come up with a new way of doing things. And I think with this COVID-19 pandemic, it's stressful because this is something that no one has seen. We, we're not prepared for this and we had to come up with something on the fly. And now we're trying to kind of see how things work and what doesn't work. And we're trying to put together a plan for this upcoming school year to make sure that our students are going to be successful. And it's not easy 
Some of my teachers have been teaching for 25 years and they have a very set way of doing things. They have a system that works. We're asking some of our teachers to completely revamp the way they're doing things. Remote learning, you know, we, we embrace technology, but it doesn't quite make up for a teacher that's face-to-face seeing that student, seeing that aha, that understanding. Uh, we always call it CFU, checking for understanding. Our teachers have a lot of different ways that they check to see if kids have gotten the material. It's not as easy to do that virtually um, just because there's so many different obstacles that our students face, whether it be a lack of technology, a lack of internet. There's a lot of different things that are standing in the way of making sure that we're delivering the highest level of education that we could possibly give. Yeah, yeah, very tough, very tough situation right now. Very tough decisions that have to be made as well. Um, now, what's the most memorable moment that you've had? Ooh, I have a, a lot. I think the, the one that really stands out and it makes me laugh, I was in my third year as a math teacher. Mm-hmm. And one of my students, she came to me after class and she said, Mr. Lee, I know these kids get on your nerves. They're always asking crazy questions and trying to throw you off. But you always got a smile on your face. You're always having a good time. And in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, sometimes I'm ready to quit. Sometimes I'm ready to give up. You know, the job is very challenging. But she saw that I I really made it a point to never let the kids rattle me. Never let them see me upset. You know, I have to be the model for what I want them to be. And I want them to be happy. So I always made it a point to really be excited and happy. And she saw that. And it was really memorable because I saw that what I was doing was working and it had an impact. And she saw, I mean, she could recognize that some of her friends were acting like knuckleheads, but you know, she saw that that I came every day and I gave 100% of what I could to make sure that I was a good teacher and I, I was there for my kids all the time. And when you see a student that can recognize that um, and, and actually verbally say that, you know, cause we get our results, we get our test scores and we get all that stuff. But when you see an actual student say it live, it's a great feeling. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I can see that. Nice. Okay, so we're at the end of this interview and want to ask a few quick hitter questions for fun to get to know you better. But before I do that, want to find out if there's anything additional that you want to discuss or talk about or anything you think I should have asked that I didn't? I just think teaching is sometimes it's a, a thankless profession. A lot of times our teachers, when they come to, to work every day, they face a lot of challenges and they don't always get to see the reward until later on maybe five years down the road when a kid graduates or moves on to high school, if they're in middle school, the, the lower levels. So anybody watching this, the one thing I would say is just thank your teachers. Make sure you let them know that you really appreciate them and support them. When I first got into education, one of the assignments in my certification program was to think about your favorite teacher that you had growing up and then just write them a letter and tell them the impact they had on, on your life. Hmm. And my favorite teacher that I've ever had, Mr. Lucre, back when I was in fourth grade, he's still teaching. And I wrote him a long letter and I sent it to him and he Facebooked me and we became friends and we got connected. And now we're keeping track of each other virtually and staying in each other's lives. He told me that it was really impactful to see, you know, someone, he he had me as a fourth grader. So um, for him to see me and all the things that I've gotten to do in my life, in my career, he really appreciated that. So I've gotten a lot of my students that have come back to me and, and said the same as well, said things of similar stature. So I would say that if you have a teacher that you really loved or you remember and made an impact in your life, let that teacher know because it really makes their day. Wow. I'm uh, thinking about some of the teachers I need to do that to. 
Oh, appreciate that. Thanks, man. Yeah. And with so, today's technology, it's easy, man. A, a simple Google search. A lot of the, our teachers, they're lifelong teachers and have been doing it for, for 30, 40 years. It's easy to get a hold of them and, and let them know. That's very true. Yep. Yeah. No excuses. All right. All right. So let's get with these quick hitter questions. All right. So the, so the first one, what's your favorite sports team? Whew. I'm a uh, Irish grad, so the University of Notre Dame. I was on the track and football team there, so I am a lifelong Fighting Irish supporter. All right. All right. Favorite movie or show? Ooh. You know, I that's a good question. I have a lot of favorite movies. I can't narrow it down. I love Will Ferrell. He's my favorite mm. actor. If I had to choose, I'd probably say Talladega Nights. That's one of my, my favorites. So. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. All right. Favorite musical artist or group? Um, I would say I think Bruno Mars is really talented. I think he's our generations of like a Michael Jackson. I, he, he has a lot of talent. I love to listen to him. Yeah. I saw him live a couple of times. He's an excellent performer. So, yeah, Bruno Mars. Yes. Uber talented. All right. Favorite vacation spot? Ooh. My wife and I got married in Mexico, so I almost have to say that's our default. <laughs> I would say Mexico. Yeah, we usually try to get down to Mexico at least once a year. You know, Puerto Vallarta, Cancun. You know, we try to jump around to different spots. So yeah, we we I, I love the beach. My wife, when we go to vacation, she wants to go to museums and major cities and restaurants and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So she would say Europe. So every year we try to alternate. I like to relax and sit on the beach and just enjoy myself. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. And last one, favorite food or drink? Oh. So over. Over this pandemic, I bought myself a, a brand new grill. So we've been eating barbecue two or three times a week. So I'm a big barbecue guy. I'm not a, a expert by any means. If I had to choose a restaurant in Houston, I would say probably Truth Barbecue is my okay. favorite. Yeah, that or Pinkerton's. Those are my two my two barbecue spots. All right. Still haven't gotten a Truth yet. I need to. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good All stuff. Right. All right. Well, hey want to thank you again, Tommy, for uh, coming on to the podcast. I appreciate it. Thanks. This has been really good. Awesome. Awesome. I hope I got to answer your questions. I hope that some people are inspired to get into education. It's, a, it's an excellent career. You can really impact a lot of different people. So I appreciate your time here. And if yeah. any time you want to chat again, let me know. Okay. And it, any way that anyone can contact you? Yeah. The best way would be email. My email is Lee, L-E-E. Tommy, T-O-M-M-I-E, and then the number 34 at gmail.com. So Tommy 34 at gmail.com. If you have any questions about education or want to connect, just shoot me an email and I'll be happy to answer any questions. All right. Well, have a good one, Tommy. Appreciate it. All right, Rodolfo. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you, everyone. If you have any comments or questions or would like to be on the podcast, please reach out to me on Instagram at Rodolfo Cooper. Thank you. Bye.